Hey, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would know that you have rescued us on the cross. I pray we would call out to you and we would know that you are there, uh, you run to us, uh, we can never flee from your presence. I, I know so many issues of, uh, of loneliness, of depression, of anxiety, and, and we try to get the antidote and the answer in this world, and I just pray that we would know, we would be reminded both here by other brothers and sisters in Christ um, that the answer is, is you and knowing that you are here with us. Thank you that you are a rescuer, and it is in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you all. Have a seat. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 15. If you do not have a Bible, there should be one uh, towards the back. Luke chapter 15. Uh, it, is a, it is a chapter I love and done a lot of work in my life. And we're going to be looking at a story uh, that I love. And many of you know, story of the prodigal son. But before then, uh, some of you know, maybe not all of you, but uh, we have entered the season of Lent. Uh, Lent is a time to focus, uh, and it is a focused time. Uh, And we should be focused uh, on the cross, uh, as you see behind me, leading to Easter. Uh, Now, we're going to do a series in Lent, uh, and we're calling it Eight Blessings for Seven Sins. Uh, And we actually have six Sundays to do that, so we may combine, these are the seven deadly sins. I mean, I think you can combine uh, lust and gluttony, although lust probably deserves its own Sunday. But anyway, with the the struggles that that some of us have. But anyway, we're looking at the seven deadly sins, okay? Okay. Uh, seven Deadly Sins, some of y'all may only know them from a, a movie, it was a pretty dark movie, years past, called Seven, uh, but they have been around since the 4th century, this list, uh, Christian monks. Uh, actually, the Seven Deadly Sins are mentioned, uh, for those of y'all who want to look it up, Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19, uh, it mentions the Seven Deadly Sins, and these are uh, all sins that we all struggle with. And so is Lent being a focused time where we can focus on ourselves and, and quite frankly, like which sin uh, we relate to or struggle with the most. Uh, we can focus on God, who He is and what He has done for us uh, in Jesus on the cross. He paid the price. He bought us. He purchased us. Uh, we can we can come to him for forgiveness and for salvation in life. Now, we're going to use uh, each sin and tie it to a beatitude. Now, the beatitudes are in Matthew 5, okay? So, for example, today, put Matthew 5, verse 3 up on the screen. Uh, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know, I don't know if you automatically think about what sin that might relate to, but the poor in spirit is really humility. And so the opposite of humility is pride. Pride. All of us struggle with pride. Uh, it, is, it is the, I mean, Mac Daddy sin. All the other sins stem from pride, okay? Uh, 
there is a, a book called Mere Christianity, written by C.S. Lewis. Uh, and he re- devotes a chapter to pride. He calls it the great sin. I want to read some, uh, just a few passages in there. Pride or self-conceit. The opposite of it is humility. According to Christian teachers, this is the utmost evil. It creates enmity, not only between man and man, but enmity to God. A proud man or woman is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see anything that is above you. It was pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. Think about it. How proud you are, the easiest way is to ask yourself, how much do I dislike it when other people snub me? Anybody ever experienced that? Been snubbed? Or refuse to take notice of me? Or shove their oar in or patronize me or just show off? The point is that each person's pride is in competition with everyone else's pride. It is because I wanted to be, and I love this, it is because I wanted to be the big noise at the party that I am so annoyed at someone else being the big noise at the party. Two of a trade never agree. Now what you want to get clear is that pride is essentially competitive. It is competitive by its very nature. Pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next man. People are proud of being richer or more clever or better looking than other people. A proud man will take a A proud man will take your girl from you, not because he wants her, but just to prove to himself that he is better than you. Pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love, contentment, or even common sense. Uh, I read a few sentences. He devotes this whole chapter, and uh, it is. I I believe it is the, the center of all the other sins. Uh, it was pride that the devil became the devil. It was pride in Genesis 3 that we fell. We felt like, and we still feel like, we know best. That's pride. God, I know what you say here. I know you call me to obedience. But really, I know best. I know better. And we may not admit it, but we can certainly live it at times. Uh, so I want to look at what the Bible says to us about pride from this Very well-known parable of the prodigal son. And before I read this, and it's verse 11 through 32, I would say this, pride, and you can see this in the prodigal son, pride always leads to one of two things or both. Pride either leads to shame, or pride either leads to more pride. Or pride leads to both. We see this in the story, pride leads to shame sometimes, and pride can lead to more pride. So let's, let's read this. Verse 11, Luke chapter 15. And Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. 
So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you kill the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead, and he is alive. He was lost and is found. <clears throat> love that story. I love that parable. Two brothers, two sons, younger brother, the older brother. Uh, you see pride in a couple ways here. And again, remember what I said. Pride either leads to shame or more pride or both. I've, you know, my pride has led to both in different parts of my life. Now with the younger brother, his pride leads to shame. And it is pride, Okay. Often we think of pride as in like, you know, high and mighty, huffy and puffy. But here he is, um, his pride is again. He knows best. And for him, knowing best is freedom, uh, travel, experience, pleasure. I mean, he says, he says, give me my share of the property, my inheritance, and I'm going to go out and find my life, discover myself. Uh, Sounds familiar to many of us. Uh, It doesn't work out as he planned, uh, as that is the case with many of us. And it leads him to shame. Shame. And you know, the main point I want to make about the younger brother, and and I've preached this before, and I will preach it again because I love this, this story, but the main point today is the father ran to him. Let me say it again. The father ran to him. After all this, after he had said, give me my portion, and oh, by the way, you know, I'm going to go blow it and waste it. 
and I'm probably going to disrespect your name, and you know, you're not going to be proud of me for years upon years. And when the, when the dad saw him coming, he, he didn't just wait. He, I mean, he didn't just like sit and then, you know, be thankful. He ran to him. I want you to remember that, that he, he ran to him. When I was, uh, I'm going to tell a story, pride in my own life. Forgive me, you know, some of the things that, some of the things I know we deal with, I can only kind of take examples from, from my life. So I'm not trying to, like, um, overshare, but I do want to tell two stories today. One younger brotherish, the other older brotherish. I've told this story before, but not all of y'all have heard it. But basically, try to keep it short. I mean, I really relate to the younger brother. I really relate to younger brothers. Bellwether has been called a younger brother church. Uh, it's a positive. It can be a challenge. Amen? <laughs> you know, the younger brothers who, you know, go off and, you know, do whatnot and come in and come back to the father. Anyway, it's good. Now then, for me in my life, uh, I was much like this. I said to my dad, hey, Give me part of my inheritance, okay? Uh, when I'm of age and I want to go and I want to see the world and I want to experience, I want to have pleasure, and, you know, I just want to just roll. And I did that, uh, not for a year, close to like a decade, okay? <laughs> okay? And, but there was one moment, and again, the key, the key point, what I want you to remember in the Younger Brother Day is the father ran to him, okay? We'll come back to it, but I'm going to keep hitting on that. So, you know, after I'd gone and, you know, thought I was all this and that, I was home uh, one weekend over the summer, and uh, I think I was 20, I think I was 21, I don't know. But anyway, it kind of is a blur. But I was, uh, we're up in Memphis, a uh, bar called Newbies. You might have been to Newbies? I mean, I don't know if you'd admit it, but anyway, <laughs> bar called Newbies. I know Chris has. Chris <laughs> like, anyway, got, you know, look, got, Wasted, drunk, you know, it was another weekend uh, with some friends from my hometown. So I, we were celebrating a girl's 21st birthday. Coming out uh, of newbies, you know, closing time or whatever, you know, I was thinking about that song, closing time. And um, came out, and like guys do, I mean, you know, we're wasted. We're just, you know, just having fun, like, you know, pushing each other. I mean, we're not trying to start a fight or anything. But, uh, you know, outside the bar, 3 a.m., you know, I mean, you know, right? Or some of you don't know. But anyway, and ended up, and it wasn't a fight, but got one guy was, like, pushing, and we are you know, having fun. Anyway, we fell through a window at the bar, okay? And I still have two scars because fell this way. Fell through a window, um, you know, very, very fortunate. I mean, I was bleeding. Oh, I have a scar here, too. That was, that was really bad, and I couldn't, couldn't walk because we, we got up to run, <laughs> you know, I mean, running away, and uh, like, like, let's get out of here, and I was like dragging my foot, and, and then, you know, one of the bouncers slammed my buddy down, and long story short, you know, blue lights coming pretty quickly after that, you know, arrested in Memphis, okay, okay, and uh, Shelby County Detention Center, you know, and some of y'all, I'm not going to name names, I know have experience there, but... Uh, <laughs> Not the place you want to be for a weekend. Fast forward. So spent, came in there on an early Sunday morning. I guess it was Monday night that I got out. I mean, it was a pretty lot of of people there. And I was, um, I remember 
you know, I mean, I was wounded. And so I had to go to the, I don't know, the Shelby County Detention Center nurse or whomever. And she, you know, checked me out. And, and she did say, he's like, it's your first time in here. Right, young man? I was like, you know, yes, ma'am. She said, I want you to know something. See those guards out there? They don't run this place. Those people in those cells run this place. So, you know, I had another 24 hours of that thought lingering. And um, so I had a lot of shame. I mean, I was still same clothes, blood stained. Um, anyway, dad, dad, okay, going back to prodigal son, dad came and got me Monday night. I still remember, you know, walking out. And I, you're going down a hallway and door opens and I see, I see my dad, my brother, my granddad. And see, my dad is, um, this is the reason I tell the story. Dad's smiling at me. Okay. And he's not smiling. He, he smi- I, you know, you have to know, you know, you, you know your parents or you know people who love you. And it is a smile of like, man, I, I love you. you know, I'm not very thankful. You're okay. It's, it's just grace. It's what we sang about. It was, it was an expression of grace. And so as I was reading this and, and preparing this week, I, I thought about that memory. And, and so what I, the, the point of it being that dad, dad smiled at me. And the point of this is that the father ran. He did everything possible to get to his son. The question for you, really the main point of the main point, is do you know that the father runs to you? Do you know that? And I know most of you do not. You know why? Because I don't always know that. Like, I don't see God that way. That is the God of the Bible. But my own pride and deceit of the devil, I don't see God like running to me, doing everything possible to get to me, to have me, to own me, to possess me. And he did in Jesus Christ, God becoming flesh, the incarnation that we celebrate at Christmas. And he went even further on the cross... He did everything possible for you, for us, in our pride and our shame. Do you see the Father running to you? And again, many of you do not. So I pray the Holy Spirit helps us to see that. But that is the, that is the Father. He runs to you. does everything possible. Breaks through the boundaries of death. Everything. He runs to you. Now, elder brother. Always the unpopular guy. Always the uncool guy. And I got some of him in me, and we have some of him in us, the elder brother. Now, for this guy, you know, the guy comes back, and they throw a party, and he's, he's mad because uh, the elder brother's pride, where the younger brother was rooted in, in freedom and knowing best in how to live, the elder brother's pride was, I know best, in duty, responsibility, Often, there are those of us who want to, like, kind of look like the younger brother, but we really live like the elder brother. Why not say, hey, we're get it done types of people, you know? Hey, we're going to get it done. Duty, responsibility. You know, I'll I'll own that. I got it. Crush it. Kill it. Heard those expressions before? I got it. That's, that's, That's elder brother territory. And, you know, so the younger brother comes back and the elder brother is is angry. The dude gets his party. And so the question for the elder brother and the elder brother in all of us is, do you see 
God's love for others. If the question for the younger is, do you see God the Father running to you? For us as elder brothers, do you see the Father's love for other people? Okay. Uh, another story in, uh, in my life, not as fun as the jail story, but you know, you can't. Um, it is what it is. But this happened recently, like a couple weeks ago. So our church, some of you know, uh, not all of you do, but I don't mind saying this. Uh, we're in the process of being part of this church network called Acts 29. Uh, and y'all will hear more of that. But Acts 29 um, gave me uh, a coach. And so I have this coach. He's in Raleigh, North Carolina. So we Skype, okay, every other week. And we talk about, I mean, I mean, we talk about me. We talk about marriage. We talk about, I mean, some leadership stuff. But it's really like, really like soul kind of gut stuff really stripping me down, tearing me down, breaking me down, um, making some things raw. I mean, it, it's great. I know that may sound painful, but it's, it's really, really good. And so he said something the other day, and I, I got I to share this. And it is about y'all. It's about Bellwether Church. And he said, you know, when you, when you talk about life, just in general, he said, I always get a sense of, of joy, excitement, adventure, like the younger brother. He said, but then when you talk about Bellwether Church, you're more like an elder brother. He said, it's all about your duty, your responsibility. And, and it was like a light bulb. And I always say I love what I do, but it really made me think about, well, and he, and he just said, I just want you to think about that. Like everything else in life, it's like love, joy, you know, like, and then the church, it's like, I'm a responsibility. I gotta, gotta do this. I gotta, gotta take care of this. You know, I gotta... And he said, I just, I just want you to think about that. And again, it was a light bulb. And I don't know how you are in your life. But for me, this question comes up again. Do you see the Father's love for others? And if you see the Father's love for others, then, then I would love others, y'all, maybe more with joy than duty, if that makes sense. Maybe more, maybe more with excitement than responsibility. And I share that because, I mean, he just, he lit up the elder brother in me. He revealed that. Like, we always want to say we're more younger brother, but really, we have, we have both in us. And the two questions for you, I, and I would say everybody, because it's pride, and there's pride is I know best, so sometimes it leads to younger brother stuff, sometimes elder brother stuff. But the two questions... For the younger brother is, do you see the father running to you? For the elder brother, do you see the father's love for others? And the answer, the antidote where these two meet is the cross. In the cross, you get the answer to both. So for us younger brothers, I've already said this, but I'll say it again. In the cross, God, God did everything, I mean, everything possible. It's not just incarnate. You know, some people are like, oh, I love the idea of, you know, God you know, becoming human, but then, you know, he died for us. Yes. There's blood. Yes, there's blood. Yes, his blood covers us. So God did everything. God ran across, I mean, space, time, creation, death, blood, sacrifice. Did everything to get to you, to get to us in our pride or in our shame. And then in the cross, too, we see all the Father's love for others, 
for, for you, for us, for this city, for different types of people, for people in India to people in Spain, to people at prep, to JA, to people in jail, Shelby, everybody. It's wide open for everybody. The answer to both those, do you see the Father running? Do you see his love for others? It's centered in the cross. That's why, as a Christian, our lives, our very lives, should be cross-centered lives. And most of us don't know that. And most of us don't live that. And again, most of y'all don't do that. How do I know? Because I don't. Okay? That's how I know. And if I don't, and I I really am intentional trying to saturate myself, you know, daily in God's word, and there becomes pride again. I mean, there is a stain, there's a sin I can't, you know, can't get past. So what's the answer? The opposite of pride is humility. Blessed are the what? The poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom in heaven. How to be poor in spirit? Well, we say, I need you, God. I need what you've done on the cross. I can't do it on my own. I, I know what you've done on the cross. So everything else that's going on in my life, you know, uh, I'm bankrupt or I've, I've cheated folks or people have cheated on me or people are suing me or, you know, I'm going through a divorce or I may be losing my kid or I'm battling with addiction. All, these, the answer, the antidote, it comes down to the cross. Do you see the, fa- the Father is running to you in the midst of your bankruptcy and your divorce and losing your child and your addiction? The Father is running to you. And when you see that, then you also see the Father loves others. And so it's so much simpler and easier to give grace even to our enemies. Because at this point, or at the end, the younger brother, well, the elder brother considered the younger brother an enemy, a threat. And the father says, I love him too. I'm throwing a party for him. We need this. We need to know it. So what do we do? Well, no words from me, no songs from here, no. It's only the Holy Spirit. And all we can do is show you we have a Lord a Savior who runs to us. He runs to everybody. And the Holy Spirit can melt your heart. Well, that, that changes people. And I want to see people changed. So I trust that God is doing his work to humble us all. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, whether we think of ourselves, younger, older brother, we're, we got bits of both because we got a lot of pride in our life. Um, we got pride here today. Um, pride is competition, uh, as Lewis said. And so we're always mentally competing with others. We're competing with others right now, and maybe how someone looks or what someone said or who someone thinks they are. Man, humble us. Make us poor in spirit. Help us see what you have done and know it in our in our souls, and it's the cross. It's the cross, and if we look at the cross, we gaze at the cross, that's why we have it centered in our church, why we have it under the stained glass window, because you came to reach lost sheep, and you did it through the cross. So I pray your Holy Spirit, by its power in in word and music and song, and especially as we take communion, uh, you would melt our hearts, and we we would see how much you love us, that you ran to us, and how much you love others, and that we can love others too, even our enemies. Because of you, Jesus, amen.